Okay. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Sanuva Bitch. Uh, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about themes and characters within the Catcher of the Rye. Augustine, why don't you get us started with what is a theme? All right. So basically, a theme is the author's message towards the reader. It talks about the subject at hand. It is the central topic in which the story is uh, centered around. So, as for an example, uh, in the movie Shrek, the main theme is about the topic that looks can be deceiving and that you should accept love if it appears to you in an unidealistic situation. All right, nice. And now, do any of you two have examples in The Catcher of the Rye? Yeah, one of the observations I made was the lasting effects of people's death on Holden, more specifically how Allie's death was such a tragedy and how it inevitably made Holden want to turn off his emotion as to not feel the pain. He also mentions the death of his school friend who jumped out the window in Holden's hoodie, which sounds like it's really hard to deal with something like that. What I find interesting is that every time he mentions the death of somebody, he kind of like quickly grazes over it and then he moves on. And it's kind of like just a small thing that he mentions, but it's not like a major chunk of the book. But I think that regardless of how long he mentions it for, it still shows like what kind of impact it's had on him. An example of this is he creates a lot of situations in his head as distractions. So, for example, he overthought the situation with Jane and Stradladder, and then he made up an entire situation about how he would like beat up the person that stole his gloves on page 96. Also, there's another instance when he gets punched in the guts by Maurice at the hotel. He acts like he's been shot and then he imagines going downstairs and shooting Maurice six times. He makes himself like the heroic figure in every single situation, which I think is a way of him covering up his insecurities and trying to come across as stronger than he actually is. Yeah, so I also saw this, but I saw it more of as a trend, as in the trend in the book, I saw Holden with those specific examples, sort of like challenging with his identity. Um, I feel like he's constantly like, searching for ideals in different aspects like he's confusing himself between what his adult life has to be like like going into different situations and trying to make sense of what the type of person he's supposed to be so i think in a way he forces growing up because he ordered a prostitute to his room um he also is constantly smoking and drinking he always lies about his age in every single situation like I don't think there's a single time that he's been honest about the fact that he's 16 years old and he's just constantly trying to be somebody who he's not and he gets angry if people ask how old he is or if he's like young and it's kind of just a way of him like forcing growing up in a way. I feel that also leads to the other theme which is like phoniness versus authenticity and Holden's just whole idea that everyone is phony and they're trying to make something out of nothing and basically all the students, all the teachers and the only people who aren't phony are Holden, Phoebe and Allie. Yes, I agree with that because he tends to go down that road but never like self-criticize mm -hmm. and become self-aware that that's some of the things that you need to do to grow up. So I feel like his immaturity comes from just not being able to see those exact mistakes within himself. I think he projects his own insecurities and flaws onto other people. So he points out everybody's flaws and their own problems 
that he finds and things that he doesn't like about other people and i think this is a way of him covering up what he doesn't like about himself okay so an example of that is on page 91 where holden says that if i was a piano player i would play in my goddamn closet and by this he means that he he almost doesn't want to be seen by the world and page 95 when he literally just says people are always ruining things for you um or page 92 when he says she was ugly he's like ugly girls have it tough i feel sorry for <laughs> yeah, them sometimes there's also an example where he mentioned that everybody lies to you mm -hmm. as if he hasn't been through like a series of just dishonesty especially with um, one of his classmates' mothers feeding him, feeding her a script of how amazing her son is when in fact he just just doesn't like the, the, his classmate. He thinks that he's just a nut job in a way. What I found interesting is it seems like she's the first adult that he actually likes, but yeah. he still lies to her. And he doesn't like stop this continuous cycle of dishonesty. I feel like these constant lies and like you said, like he liked her but he still lied to her. I feel like it's kind of like a security blanket so that he's not in a situation where he's so vulnerable with who he is and also is talking about things like emotions or real life things that he's obviously trying to avoid. Yeah, he's afraid to like open up to people. Um, also, I feel like from page 92 to 94, where he gets noticed and recognized by his older brother's ex-girlfriend. Um, and she's like, Holden Caulfield. He does seem extremely angry in that situation. Meanwhile, throughout the night, he's been giving like an alias. What was it? Some Jim Steele? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it did seem like he feels much more comfortable not being himself yeah. and being kind of disassociated from himself um, than he is being recognized and having to be Holden Caulfield. And I think that's a form of like self-isolation. I suppose that is a form of protection because if no one knows who you are, you can just always be someone else, be someone else and you can just leave. Um, and you don't have to like have anyone rely on you or whatever. Yeah, like he did at school. He really just got up and left and went on this mission to New York and just created a new identity in every single situation. It wasn't like one identity that he wanted to keep throughout everything. It's like every place he goes to is a new name. Yeah, like a new story. Also a new age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's never really one age, he's like 22, 21. Yeah. But I feel like it's more than just not keeping up with his lies because I feel like he consciously does these things because, as you said, he doesn't like himself. And it might be through his experiences that have led to trauma and tragedy, like everything he's gone through, so... Yeah. I think maybe in a way, he is so hurt by the way that his brother just died out of nowhere that he lies so that he doesn't leave like a trace of himself anywhere and he can just get up and leave without making other people feel that same amount of pain that he felt when his brother just oh, left yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well said. Very well said. <laughs> so he just kind of like creates this new identity so it's not really him. This is very off topic, but is it a theme or not? Like, what is it about him always asking about those ducks on the pond? I think it's, it's like a three times. symbol or something. Yeah, um, I feel like it's a foreshadow for something. Yeah, and I, it's it's almost like, you know, it's like a flashback to reality where it's like, oh, this guy is still a kid. He still cares about the ducks on the pond and, like, where they go. Um, and also Jane with the three kings. I mean, and with, yeah, with the, the king, king keeping the, the kings in the back row. 
That's he it. almost like holds on what's to certain the word? Things. Like yeah, he like kind of obsesses about yeah. little tiny details. Yeah. yeah, one one meaning of the ducks in the pond could be how the ducks prove that some vanishings are only temporary because he talks about how he doesn't understand where the ducks are going and then how they just end up back. And we can see this when he asks the driver and the driver's like, what does the driver say again? The taxi man? He said something about fish. Yeah, yeah no, the taxi, the first, first thing he says is like, he didn't really care. He was yeah. like, I don't know, like, why would I care? Um, they go somewhere else. Yeah. And then... Yeah, someone was just saying how they pack up and leave somewhere, and yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Oh, maybe it's maybe it's a sort of he obsessing. He's obsessing about it because I don't know. It's sort of a reflection of who he is. Yeah, and what are you doing? The ducks are kind of the fact that he can just you know lie, pack up, leave, disappear, and it's not a big problem. It's not like he, yeah, he's leaving his home and it's like place of residence, place he's been staying for so long, but it doesn't really affect him. It's just you know, yeah. he sees himself in the ducks. He sees himself in the ducks. <laughs> I suppose he's been stripped of his childhood because of his brother's death. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're forced to like mourn the death of your brother and, and you can't do kid things anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, it's like it's such a you know, vanishing of innocence and you know, he's like, I gotta grow up. Mm-hmm. That's how it has to be. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Sanuva Bitch, this is episode two. Uh, episode three is coming in next week where we'll be talking about different things and different aspects of Catcher in the Rye. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.